I'm Danny van Poppel and uh, you're listening to uh, Quicklink Podcast. Hello and welcome back to Quicklink Podcast, your daily microdose of pro cycling news. On today's show, Peter takes us through day one of the women's tour. We'll rattle through some other racing. And then on the day some transfer news broke, Peter's back and he chats to Matt Gibson, who today signed for Human Powered Health, and he was thrown right in the deep end at the Rondo van Limburg. We recorded the chat during the tour series, which his previous team with Sun God went on to win, and we weren't going to put out until next week, but today's news changed all of that. Hello and welcome to Quicklink Podcast. Today I'm joined by a man who many will know from the recent tour series, but even before that, from the Tour of Britain and mixing it up with some of the biggest sprinters in the world, it's Matt Gibson. How are you? Hi, uh, yeah, I'm good, thank you. Uh, happy to be here. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. Um, I mentioned the Tour series, and I think that that's probably a, a good place to start. Like, How did that go for you? Like, Now it's like, as we're speaking, um, Manchester, the grand finale was three days ago, so... Uh, how do you reflect upon that time? Yeah, so obviously as a team, we won the overall. We took the lead on the first night and led it the whole way through. You know, we had a few, made a few mistakes and a few loans, but all in all, the team did a really good job. And yeah, I'm happy with my own performance and think I did what I could. Obviously, it would have been nice to individually win a round, but at the end of the day, it's the team prize that's the most important. And I'm quite happy helping my teammates win if uh, and hopefully it gets the paid at some point later in the year. Yeah, how do you find that actually sort of that team versus individual? Because Tour Series almost reverses the norm for cycling, where normally the whole team supports an individual, but it's the individual who, who wins and gets the main glory. Tour Series, it's kind of the opposite. Yeah, so obviously there's a lot more weight on the team overall there than there's in most of the competitions. I mean... There's still quite a big hype made of whoever wins on the night, but like you say, it is more of a team competition than an individual competition. Cycling's always a team competition, but it just so happens that the way that they they weight the competitions that, yeah, the team one comes out on top. So, yeah, it is interesting to have sort of the team, it be the team that wins rather than the individual it definitely changes the way you lace. You not necessarily lace into time and win on the night, just trying to keep three guys up there. Mm. And it got quite interesting halfway through because Trinity came in and they didn't care about the overall at all. So they could just burn guys up and go for the the sprint, which kind of it really messed with what we were trying to do. Mm. So it meant that we could have, we sort of couldn't compete with what they were doing. Okay, so they've yeah because um, obviously that they've got the US crit champ in Luke Lamperti, and he did he win one round and then essentially sprint away from everyone and then not I don't want to say uh, gift was, but you know yeah it, so he won that one round and gifted another one to his teammate who he had to push he had to push over the line in front of him. Yeah. So obviously they come in complete different game plan and like everyone's racing for the team and they're like, nah, we just want to win they're and, and, and you know, mess the system up a little. Um, how do you sort of 
manage that? Are you able to keep the sort of, I guess, focus on on the team stuff if there's a team trying to upset the apple cart a little? Yeah, we just had to. I mean, we messed our tactics up a bit. Really, we should have completely just let them do their thing and just sat on them and then tried to almost beat them at their own game by not expect saying to them, oh, you use all your energy and then we'll just try and have three guys as high up as possible at the finish. But yeah, we tried to compete a bit, which wasn't the wisest thing to do. But at the end of the day, it, was, it wasn't too detrimental to the overall. I mean... Yeah. Gone. Sorry. Well, coming back to the team thing, it, uh, that's how, when I was a second year junior, I won a tour series because I was a GB rider, not going for the overall. I got in a breakaway with all the teams that were going for the overall. I attacked a couple of laps to go and they all looked at each other thinking about who's going to, thinking about the team competition rather than the individual. So it's definitely played, it's, it's worked for me and against me at times. Yeah, yeah, that's quite interesting because, um, yeah, when you mentioned about Trinity, I remember watching the, the Sunderland round and I'm awful for it. Like, I'll watch things on my phone, but I'll still be, like, trying to scroll social media at the same time. And and with YouTube, you can't really do that. Um, once you leave it, it just gets rid. So it's like, I'll, I'll go on something like Twitter for, like, five minutes. And every time I returned, like, Trinity were just still at the front around Sunderland. Oh, yeah. I was like, they, they were just, like, I guess bossing it, but then, as you said, they weren't trying to get free riders to the top. They just wanted one guy to win. Exactly. Uh, and yeah, I guess how the team competition works. Do you think it maybe gives other riders opportunities that wouldn't maybe get them if it was just a traditional crit? Under normal circumstances, I'd say so, yeah, especially for Trinity. But Trinity did it because they had a team, whereas I think the way it was this year, because it was so close, we, especially the last couple of rounds, we just had to ride it as if we were trying to get all, all three riders to try and win. So under normal circumstances, I'd say so. But this year, it hasn't necessarily been that way. If there'd been a situation where we had a, a really big lead, then say, some, say, for example, if John Mould had gone away hmm. and one of the last couple, we, we would have been happy to see him win because it wouldn't have really mattered for us. Yeah, but we relate it so hard that it made it so that that wasn't possible. Ah, oh, got you. Um, obviously, um, you said that that um, with Sun Gods took the the lead on the first round at Gisborough, uh, and I remember last year you broke away at Gisborough and soloed to a win. Are you hoping that round comes again? Because clearly, it's a successful stomping ground for you guys. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's not really something I think about. It was a shame this year to not have some of the sort of classic courses, for example, somewhere like Durham. Mm. That's always a good race where it's a lot more, it's more of a load rider sort of course where suits are stronger rider rather than just someone being really quick, which now I wouldn't say I'm, now I'm older, but now I'm like the way I say in these days suits that a lot more than kicking out a load of 90 degree corners so yeah would you say then that you you're not so much of a crit specialist nowadays uh and yeah, that you... I'd say so, yeah. Oh, that's quite I mean, interesting obviously obviously i can i'd still enjoy doing them but the repetitive kicking out of corners doesn't really i don't really enjoy it too much and i feel like 
doesn't suit me quite as well as more of a constant pace. Where, for example, in Geesville last year, I got away by myself. I could take the corners a bit quicker and also not have to accelerate quite so hard out of them. Mm. That style of riding definitely suits me a lot more. Yeah, because like one of the skills that that every crew rider needs to have, as I'm sure you don't need telling, is is cornering. And like, is that something? Like, I I believe you've got a reputation. I don't want to say dive bombing, but you know, you've there are um, people who say you're very good at cornering and making up places um, using your cornering ability. Is that something you? particularly practice and like how do you get better at cornering um i wouldn't say it's something i practice now but before i even lace i started lacing a bike when i was 13 14 and before then i'd always messed about on bmx's mountain bikes and like lacing my mates down sort of local housing estates and seeing how tight we could go down corners and things like that and then also when i got a bit older and still up to now, I'll still do a bit of mountain biking and stuff in the off-season or when I get a chance. So I guess bike handling is something I've always worked on a bit, but I wouldn't say I necessarily work on cornering. I think that just comes through lacing, really. Mm. And also a bit of confidence from just general bike handling ability. Yeah, so is it something that, you know, because you've you've done different styles of bike riding you'd like you know where the limits are and you've got that that trust and that confidence um is it a confidence thing for you yeah i'd say it's probably half confidence half skill i've i've, I've gone over the limit a few times and i think to to find it you've got to, you've got to go past it and then knock it back a little bit but yeah i'd say so De- there's definitely a lot of confidence involved and then also how you position yourself on the bike in a way that if you were to lose a little bit of grit, you know that you'll probably be okay. Mm. You wait in the long place and you lose a bit, you, you're going straight down. Yeah, you said like you've gone over that limit a few times. Is it easy to get back on the bike and still trust it when you've gone back? Or do you have to really dial it back before you can get that confidence? Uh, I mean... I'd say it's, it's been a while since I've properly done that, so it's hard to remember exactly, but there's definitely been periods of time where I've dialed it back a bit and calmed down a bit to slowly build my confidence back up. But at the end of the day, we're, we're bike racers, and at some point we're going to crash. So it's kind of something we have to accept to a degree. Yeah, yeah, it's quite interesting because like, I'm naturally very risk-averse. Um, like, the road races I've done, I mean, uh, I'm either at the back, kind of like Steve Cummings and Ethan Hayter, like I'm either at the back or off the front and no sort of in between. Um, like, and you say it's kind of a confidence thing and that crashing is just part of a job almost. Like, it, do you have to put that out of your mind then, the, the concept of crashing? If, if you accept it as a thing that happens do you still allow yourself to think about it? Uh, so I obviously think about it. I'm probably more scared when we're like barreling down a road in a massive bunch at maybe a slight downhill at 80, 90k an hour in the middle of 
load of flint somewhere about to arrive somewhere a load of traffic islands in the middle of the road than I am going around a corner so I'd say that it's definitely something I think about and I'm aware of but there's almost there's certain points of the race where you work it's worth taking those risks and certain points where it's not yeah it's quite important to know when it's when it is worth when it is worth it and when it's not when would you say that like obviously I don't think there's any good time to have a crash but when would you say it's most worth sort of that risk of crashing uh well i'd say for me it's usually towards the end of the race and a sprint finish so mm. last last five or ten k i mean i'm still, i still always hold a little bit back but you'll just obviously take a few more risks than you would otherwise and you still got to hope that hope that it works out and everything's okay but yeah the rest of the time i'd say i'm relatively cautious apart from when it when it matters especially in a bigger race the more important the race the more likely i am to to take a few risks mm, of course like and, and speaking of big races you've raced obviously on, on tour series which is quite big it's televised um you've also raced abroad um earlier this year i know you're in turkey and racing over there it was it the alanya tour I want to Antalya. say Antalya sorry yeah. I, yeah there's a load of tours in Turkey yeah, no, um, but also like last year in the Tour of Britain as I mentioned like racing against people like Wapanat and Cav and Ethan Hater. like how does that compare because at Tour Series you're like the team is just sort of running away with things or like you know led from start to finish you can't get more comprehensive a victory than that really um Versus Tour Series, where uh, Tour of Britain, sorry, where you know you're racing against World Tour teams as a, a continental or pro conti outfit. Like, how do the two compare, and how does that change your approach? Uh, I'd say, well, obviously, there's a bit more of a pecking order, but at the same time, I'm not. I've well, I was a bit when I was younger, but now I'm definitely not scared to take it to bigger teams and bigger riders on bigger teams. I personally feel like we've got the same right to be there as everyone else have. There can there's definitely times where you feel like bigger teams are trying to bully you, but you've just got to try and stand your ground at the at the end of the day and let them know that, like I say, we've got just as much right to be there as they have. But yeah, then coming back to the tour series, you almost feel like you have a bit of responsibility to make sure that everyone's being as as sensible as they should be at points and call out anything that you deem to be a little bit a little bit too far at the long point at the, the long point in the race. Yeah, has that ever happened to you either with you calling it out or being called out yourself in maybe your younger it's years? Happened all, it's ha- yeah, it's happened it's happened both sides of that has happened multiple times. Really? Yeah. Especially I, when I was a bit, a bit younger. I've calmed down a bit now and learned when the appropriate times are to take the risks and what what risks are uh, worth taking. And yeah, of course. Manageable. Hmm. Uh, and do you find, obviously, I know you said there's a, a sort of pecking order. Does, because of, there's still the, the domestic calendar with the National Road Series and things like the Sickly Classic, which is... Although it's UCI, it's still predominantly attended by 
um, UK road teams. Do you find there's a, a style difference in, in sort of how it's raced? Oh, most definitely, yeah. I'd say the bigger races are a lot more relaxed and a lot more controlled. And for the, the most part of the race, everyone has a lot more respect for each other. It's only really in a, a crucial point of the race where everyone's trying to be up there, say a climb or or the finish, where everyone's a bit more, everyone stands the ground a bit more. But in general, there's a lot. The bunch is a lot nicer to move around, and like I say, everyone's a lot more respectful. Whereas the UK is a lot more just every man for themselves attitude, and everyone's fighting left, right, and centre. It was the same in. Uh, uh, the Netherlands earlier this year in the Olympus Tour. It was it was carnage there. There was echelons most days and the fighting that was going on to be in the front echelon every day was ridiculous. I mean, that... look... Sorry, you go. I was going to say, luckily, it's something that I'm, I'm quite good at and don't mind, but sort of the, the level of disrespect, I suppose, for everyone else that goes on is... It's pretty ridiculous, really. Yeah, it's kind of odd, isn't it? Like, the higher you go, the more sort of... You'd expect it's higher stakes, but it kind of becomes... Yeah. Kind of simultaneously more relaxed because... Everyone's a bit better, and everyone knows what they're doing. Yeah. Um, I'm curious because, like, I've only done racing at, like... I mean, I've only ever been a third cat as a road rider um for for those listeners who don't know like the ukc or british cycling it goes fourth cat is your sort of entry level and then it goes third cat second cat first elite um and then obviously you've got the uci races um and yeah i think i got one or two points as a youth rider which meant i was automatically third cat when i you know when i progressed so I've only ever done third and fourth cat races. But I do remember being at one where it was there was a fourth cat only and a third cat only. And so many crashes happened in the fourth. And it just didn't happen in the third because I guess the stakes were high in the fourth because you want the points to, to get to the next level. Whereas a lot of us in the third, we're, we're nowhere near getting to second level. And it kind of removed the stakes and we were theoretically better. Yeah, I think experience is a massive thing when it comes to those sort of things in races. You, can, you, can, you notice it all the time. Like the the younger the people you're racing against, the more sort of erratic you'd expect it to be. Yeah. Do you think it's better that it's more relaxed? Because some people, like, I know Cav often says that he prefers racing in Belgium because it's more, it feels like a race. Uh, and what you described about the Tour of Britain is that it kind of settles into a pattern. And it kind of, although it's a race, it's kind of, it has its hot and cold moments. No, I definitely prefer when it's more on or off. I quite, I quite mind, I don't mind, especially if it's a sprint day, spending the majority of the day sat at the back, not having to worry about anything, knowing that nothing major is going to happen. And then move on with it matters. I don't mind doing that, hanging around, having a chat. You'd have loved a tour of Qatar this year. Oh, not oh yeah. Qatar, but like... Those sort of races are the perfect sort of races to start your, your year with just because they're so... Well, the majority of the races are so relaxed and quite easy just to get around. 
and then you get to get to have a nice big splint at the end. Yeah, and that's actually reminded me of a couple of things because there's one of those races in the desert where where Jasper Philipson just jumped off his bike and started running for a bit because I guess he was bored. Um, and there's a clip I've seen around a million times on Instagram, which I believe is you in a crit, just dismounting, getting on a spare bike and then getting back on almost cyclocross style. Like, uh, Firstly, I, I hope it's you. Um, if not, this yeah, question's it, getting it, binned. It, it, it. <laughs> um, secondly, like, like, how do you do that mid-race? Because the race was clearly on. Like, uh, so I was forced to do that rather than wanting to do that. <laughs> I, uh, what happened now? Oh, yeah. So in the Neutral lap, the, the tour, that was the Tour Series last year, someone hit my bars while someone else clipped my front wheel at the same time. So it, it sent my bars, like, completely skew with. So first time past the pits, I shouted for my spare bike. Next time, rode a lap on that. Next time round, changed bikes. Ended up towards the back. And then when I got on my spare bike, realised that one of the brakes didn't really work and it had turning wheels in. Oh. So then the next time round, I shouted again to change back. They sorted my bars out and then jumped back on that one. By that point, I was properly at the back. And obviously, I wasn't learning for Canyon at that time, but they knew and they were telling their boys to ride as hard as they could in the front because I, I was at the back. But luckily, I managed to make myself back, make my way back up to the front. But it was, a, it was pretty hard. It was probably one of the hardest clips I've done that, to be honest. But. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine doing, like, two bike changes. Like, mm. Even one at full run, like, presumably with cleats on as well, which aren't the easiest to run in. No. Like, it just looks insane to me. I mean, luckily, the pits were at quite a slow point of the course, which ideally you want the pits somewhere where you're going as slow as possible to make the amount of speed you lose negligible, really. But, yeah, you can carry quite a bit of speed if you get the bike change light and run in between one to the other. Mm. You, huh. You'd be surprised by how fast you can actually do it. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Um, I guess one thing that I've just realised, like, so you you had a change of team in in the winter, I assume. Like, how have you found that change? Like, is it a, a change of landscape, or is it largely, a, you know, a lot of the same thing, um, just in different colours, really? Uh, no, it's pretty different, really. It's I'm uh, really enjoying my time at with Sun God this year. Uh, a great group of lads. Tim's really got got his uh, got his heart in the right place and trying to trying to make sure kind of the team progressive progresses into the future and we'll see where that goes. But yeah, enjoying it enjoying it at the moment and I'd say the atmosphere is a bit more sort of race orientated whereas I'd say Liberals maybe a bit more sort of the way that they sort of structure themselves is obviously, obviously a cycling team works by promoting sponsors and that's what they will do really well. But as a, as a team, I'd say some got a, they're more about the racing really and more about 
getting into the best races they can and doing as many races as possible. Okay. Uh, and you said, like, looking to the future uh, and I guess w- what does the future hold for for the rest of this year? Um, have you got any goals that, that you're approaching? or? So there's a few races over the next couple of weeks in uh, Belgium, France that I'm quite keen to try and do well in. Uh, I'm not sure what Nationals is going to be like. I'll give that a go, but well, it's always a bit of a lot to do that anyway, because you end up with people all over the place and it can be a real strange race. Then obviously Tour Button at the end of the year is a big one, and I'd quite like to try and win a stage there. Uh, yeah, that, that would be quite amazing, just because like the context of being a, a, a you are a continental team. I don't want to speak out yeah, of turn yeah, there. Um, for a continental team to show up against pro conti and, and world tour teams and win a stage is, is huge, especially for a UK based team. Yeah. Um, well, I feel like I could have I could have done it last year if my if like tactically I'd been a bit better. I reckon, but I'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Um. I guess my sort of question for you then is when you reach the end of your year Mm. what does success look like for you Uh, I mean ideally I'd like to move myself up onto a pro country or world tour team would be the the ultimate aim now I'm a bit older it's it's getting more and more difficult but that's what I'd like to try and do Hmm. yes yeah, I find that hugely interesting because some people will say like certain results. I know you mentioned a stage win at Tour of Britain, but you know people will pick out like, oh, I want to win XXX race or whatever. Yeah. So uh, I obviously have those thoughts, but a bike race is so unpredictable that I find it hard to... I, I, w- I won't judge my year on one or two days in that year. I feel like that's too... There's too much that can go along on that one day for me to put for me to put the weight of my whole year on it. Hmm. I did that when I was younger, and if things didn't go on that well that well on on that one day, then obviously you then left the next five five six months thinking about it, trying to think about what the next thing is, and obviously it's, I just don't think that's particularly constructive. Do you think that that has changed as you've got older, where you've, you try and take a more, um, I'm trying to think of the word, like a, almost a holistic view of your year, where it's not like, oh, I have to do well on this particular Tuesday race. And it's kind of, how have I done across the year and, and what does that look like? Yeah, definitely. I, I'd say that, I'm far more bothered about the process now and making sure I do everything like I can and that I perform to a standard that I'm proud of rather than thinking I want to win this one race. Obviously, I I have those days that I want to try and win and I'll see them months in advance and plan it. But if it doesn't work out, then I'm quite... I'm, a lot more able now to refocus and work on something else. Hmm. For example, the Wellington stage of Tour Button last year, I was feeling really good 
and properly back myself for the sprint, but unfortunately I was caught up in a clash, 500 meters to go, mm. and you just oh, those days happen, and you just have to pick yourself back up and think about what's next, rather than dwelling on the fact that that one day you've been thinking about for months didn't work. Yeah. Yeah, that's quite interesting, and certainly I know I've been been guilty of that myself when I was younger. Like, there's still a race I remember now that the one day I finally had good legs, uh, I messed it up on the corner. Um, you know, and yeah, you're right. You can either just go, well, it wasn't to be, or kind of dwell on it. Um, and one of those is healthy, and the other really isn't for you. Um, I know you said you, you want to put in sort of performances that, that make you feel proud. Like that. How, how do you judge that? Like, how do you come out of a race and go, yeah, I, I did, you know, I did all right here. I, I can be proud of this. Even if like, is that a results thing or is it like, how do you judge it? So I guess it starts with training early and making sure that I've trained in a way that I wanted to and to the best of my ability. And then also how how I execute what I want to do in the race. So how well I sort of do a certain something that I plan to do, maybe tactically or whatever. Just making sure I'm in the right place at the right time or start splinting at the right point, sort of follow the right the right part of the bunch for a certain section to make sure that I'm in the place where I want to be with 300 meters to go or whatever it is. Yeah. I just, I feel like the process is often overlooked and not sort of focused on enough. Cause that, at the end of the day, that's how you become consistent. Once you get, once you get that dialed, I feel like people, especially if people do well, they don't really think about why it went well. They only think about why things didn't go well when they don't go well. It's, it's good to try and think about what you did right on the times you did right to then try and replicate it. Yeah, I guess it comes back to that consistency point of if you keep doing the process well, repeatedly, mm. you'll the result's right. going to come. Yeah, at some point you'll get it right. Yeah. Oh, bro. Um yeah, well, I guess the, the only final question I, I have for everyone is how can people sort of keep up with you in, in terms of um, following your, your race results and, and how things are progressing through the year um, on social media? Uh, I mean, social media is something I need to improve on, but Instagram is what I use the most of, but I'm going to attempt to try and post a lot more regularly on that. I've, been, I've definitely slacked, been slacking a bit recently. I just, I don't know, I feel, I, I often find it pretty conflicting. I, I feel like I should be more myself on social media, but almost feel like I can't be, yet at the same time feel like, why am I doing it if I don't feel like I can be myself? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, if you can't be authentic, what's yeah. the point in doing it at all? Um, yeah. But no, that's yeah. something I'm going to try and improve on and try to be more myself. And if people don't like it, then... That's their problem. Yeah, exactly. Like, I guess in being authentic, it it might upset some people, or people might not like it. But they're yeah. not the people you you want to impress anyway. No, exactly. 
so brilliant um well yeah we'll we'll put your instagram handle in in the show notes um so people can find you and yeah all the best for for the future i hope you get that that contract at the end of the year cheers thank you